got my good buddy Johnny B. Truant. Say hey, Johnny. Hey, what's up, Chip? Now, I don't I don't have too many non-cannabis industry people or guests on my show. And you'll you'll hear quite a few more this next year. But uh, uh Johnny is Johnny's a writer, which in my mind is is synonymous with lots of weed. Is that right, Johnny? <laughs> You know, it didn't, it wasn't for the longest time, but then Sean corrupted me. Sean's my partner and co-author and eventually I got into weed and I really enjoy it now, but at the beginning it was all stone sober. I, rem I remember Johnny, uh, I remember Sean was like, oh, Johnny doesn't smoke so much weed. Oh, I'm the real puffer. Oh, Johnny's just starting to smoke weed. Oh, Johnny likes weed. Oh, Johnny, Johnny's become a weed head. <laughs> well, Johnny became real interested in weed. I, feel, I still think that Sean goes through way more than I do, but oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like interested in the science of it and all the detail and nuance. And Sean's like, is it green? Okay, I'll smoke it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't ask if it's green. No. Oh, that's true. <laughs> is it black? Yeah, right. How much more do you got? Yeah. Right. So, uh, hey, hey uh, Johnny and my buddy Sean, they were founders of Sterling and Stone, which is a, a publishing company. And you guys publish primarily ebooks, right? Um, primarily ebooks right now, for sure, and almost exclusively fiction. And almost exclusively fiction. They have produced and published hundreds and hundreds of books. Uh, Johnny has penned almost a hundred books uh, under this publication, um, and and these guys are are changing the world with story. I, I love that <laughs> tagline, man. That's the uh, idea, anyway. Change the world with story. Yeah. T tell me, tell me what you, what exactly. I gave you the briefer, but tell everybody what you you guys actually do. In terms of changing the world with story, or the Hell whole. Yeah. All right. Well, Hell when yeah. I yeah okay so well I mean we're a publisher, but we're not um, we're not a a, <clears throat> a traditional publisher. We're not like Harper Collins or Simon and Schuster or something where we work with outside authors who come in and and submit stuff to us. It's more like we're a little family. We call ourselves a story studio. And, and so um, we, when we say we're changing the world with story, that's pretty audacious for right now. But think about the ways that culture has changed. You know, it's changed through stories, trying to like bat people, beat people over the head and be like, hey, man, be more tolerant. Like that doesn't work. You can't legislate tolerance for that example, but you right. can through story. You know, what's in the for, culture? For instance, uh, uh, smoking cigarettes stopped in yep. many, many movies. Right. Yep. I mean, it's just started to kind of to 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 come back again. But I don't know if that was mandated or if it was just a social norm that began, began to happen. And and fewer people smoke cigarettes today than I believe. Anyway, that's my perception. Yeah, no, I think that's all right. I think there was some sort of legislation, um, but I do know that it smoking came to prominence to some degree because people were smoking in popular culture. You yeah. know, they're cool. Absolutely. They're doing it. And, and, you know, it used to be that weed, you could show weed a little bit, but it had to be fake. And then it started to be joints. And then like, all of a sudden, you know, uh, man, people are smoking joints on television in major movies. Yeah, I mean, what was that movie that just came out with um, with Matthew McConaughey? Was it Matthew McConaughey? And it was he was like a Jimmy Buffett style boat guy or something. I don't remember. <laughs> with Snoop Dogg was in it, and I'm like, there's no way that wasn't all real weed. 
Oh yeah, no doubt. Snoop, you know Snoop Snoop Dogg is gonna be like, oh man, I got to get into character. <laughs> do you do you ever hear that Mitch Hedberg joke about Peter Frampton and movie pot? No, no, no. no. Yeah, so he goes, funny. I was in a movie and I had a scene with Peter Frampton and we had to smoke pot in the scene, but we couldn't use real pot, so we had to use fake pot. And he said, So I smoked fake pot with Peter Frampton. That's pretty cool. Not as cool as smoking real pot with a guy who looks like Peter Frampton, which I've done way more. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, stories and entertainment they do they do change our culture, and you know we we're we're involved in a, you know a, a mastermind group, Baby Bathwater, right? <laughs> That's how we know each other. Um, and you know you you gravitated to the sideshow at one of the events what i mean by sideshow is where we were smoking copious the roof show. ganja yeah. right the roof of the van or behind the shed or whatever show uh, and 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 that's and that's kind of how we met right yeah totally and have you told people the story about how to well it's not really a story it's more like a, a truism on how the problem people have rolling joints because that's one of my earliest chip memories oh you know i don't think i've actually spoken to this audience on on exactly that you're right uh, uh and you know sometimes i'm more eloquent on the subject but <clears throat> rolling a joint is much like any relationship in life is this what you're talking about no it was very <laughs> simple this advice but i want to hear this one too <laughs> well i don't want to i don't know if i want to mess it up man why don't you give me the advice for rolling a oh it's real simple so 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 chip sitting out he's got a circle and it was it was in denver and it was at the, the outside the patio there and um somebody was asking okay chip show me how to roll show me how to roll a joint show me the the trick of rolling a joint and Chip goes, sits down and goes, all right, all right, all right, all right. The problem most people have rolling a good joint is they don't use enough weed, right? <laughs> and he's just like, like you were dead fucking serious about using the maximal weed to just create a good joint. And you to like rolled this giant chip joint after that. Full on. Yeah, that, that actually is rule one is you is most people don't use enough weed. Right, you, you you have to stuff the joint full of weed. Uh, uh, number two is while you're rolling, you really have to commit, right? You have to commit on that roll, especially on the finger switch, right? When you're switching from right here to right here, you, you gotta just commit and just go for it. <laughs> You know, I wasn't, I wasn't totally, so we, the last time we saw each other, I was, I was into weed, but that was just a different sort of a situation. But like, we haven't spent a whole lot of time together since I, you know, really got into it. And so now I feel like I want that lesson again. I should have asked you when we saw you recently, like, I want that lesson now. That yeah, that online, well, you know, we'll do a, we'll do an online joint rolling for sure. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely put that in my podcast schedule. For all you uh, Real Dirt yeah. listeners, join us here in the future. <laughs> well, I, Chip Baker, a professional joint roller, be it of ganja or hemp, will instruct all on how to roll the most fantastic joint you possibly can. So join us for a later date of the Real Dirt, where we roll joints. Speaking of professional joint rollers, you've ever seen those ones where people make these like super elaborate 
smokable joints. Oh yeah, like like the Star Trek Enterprise or right. AK forty seven. That's what know. I saw was the AK forty seven. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, the first one I saw I think was an AK forty seven. But uh, there's there's many many others out there. Um, something I've never really like, you know, uh, hopped into. But maybe I don't know, man. Maybe I should think about it. You know, the 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 three prong joint or you know the dove or the sunflower. <laughs> right, I can right. See all types of things. So you know, the point of this conversation here is, uh, I'm I'm Johnny. You are part of the new wave of uh, cannabis enthusiasts that are 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 are, are growing on a day by day, right? You didn't really use cannabis so much before until it became legal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the medical cannabis uh, uh, became legal. And then, you, you know, you started to like realizing how like good it was for you, right? You began to self-medicate maybe. Um, and uh, later on in life, you came to cannabis. What, what was it that kept you away from it? Well, okay, before I go into that, Chip, I, I got to ask, why, why, speaking of joints, why haven't you rolled a joint yet? Because I feel like I was just telling my wife, I said, we're, I said we're, we're, only, we're only three minutes in. I got a schedule. I'm not, I don't smoke. We'll oh, you got a smoking well, schedule? I, well, I'm, I just asked you my first real question. And so now is when I roll the joint. You just oh, like, I got you. It, I just dude. fucked it up. I fucked it up. And it's, it's okay, but hey, man, it's cool. I got my bathtub full of weed here. Oh, that's a great All use. Right. <clears throat> and I'm just going to sit here and roll it up while you tell me the story of like, how you, you, why, why did it take you such a long time to get involved with weed? It just wasn't in my circles. I was like, I mean, I was, so I, I was a smart kid in school, like one of those guys who just demonstrated like by the rules, academic smart. So I was first in my class, that sort of thing. And the um, crew that I ran with just, they just weren't into weed. It wasn't anything that came up. But then another thing that happened was um, I didn't drink until I was, uh, I don't know, like well past drinking age too. Like I didn't drink as a kid. And it's late, a late bloomer. You're a late bloomer. Well, it's more like I'm stubborn, right? So this, um, I remember I had this class with a bunch of the real jock types and every Monday they'd come in and talk about how drunk and fucked up they were at some party. And I just found it so annoying. No, this was high school. high school. Oh, okay. I just didn't want to be like them. I and I think that that stuck, you know? Well, you know, I actually, I didn't, I didn't start really drinking until I was my late thirties. Um, 36, I think I really started it. And I, I'd had like, you know, uh, uh, some good times along the way. Don't get me wrong. But alcohol wasn't something that I was really drawn to. And, and I also discovered that <clears throat> every time I drank, my ears would itch. Crazy itch. Weird. And so I'm like, oh, I'm allergic to alcohol, right? And so I just didn't drink. But what I discovered when I was about 36 is I was allergic to fermented alcohols like beer and wine. And like I could a actually drink sort of thing, maybe liquor. almost. Yes. No, maybe I think it might have been the yeast. I'm not mm. sure. But I, I, I can drink liquor. And wine, man, I drink a glass of wine and I'm super buzzed, but I can, I can like have a couple of, uh, 
of of drinks of bourbon and and not be like terribly like buzzed. I mean, I'll just like on two glasses of wine, I'm wasted slurring my words. So I'm de- there's something there with the fermented stuff, but the hard liquor, thanks to my Scottish and germ- dramatic genes, um, you know, uh, I can, I can, uh, I can, I can digest it. So I was a late bloomer on weed, but I mean on alcohol, but I started weed when I was like 13, you know, and I also yeah. felt like, like the, the alcohol ruined my weed buzz. And then for a long time, you know, I was like, oh no, strictly I tall, you know, just vegetarian living and weed. And uh, so yeah, it took me a while to get into alcohol too. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think when it was prohibition too, like when it was illegal, that was a much, much harder thing for, I, I not from an illegality standpoint, but just the hassle. Like, what am I going to go find some, some dealer out there? And, you know, that was sketchy to me. Dealer the idea of the streets, right. Who was doing it? You know, what was in it? That's another thing too. You know, I, I like that there's some control now, even if it may be annoying for people because there's some degree of oversight at least, you know? Yeah, no, oversight's good, man. I've seen people do all kinds of awful things from literally spray raid and, you know, bug killer uh, for spider mites and whatnot. I've, I've seen people do some awful stuff, but mostly people are really conscious about it. And as soon as they learn the right way, they're generally drawn towards the right way. Uh, so, so you just didn't have access to it. That's all. Access or, or interest, you know, I mean, those two together were a, a, a deadly combination okay. so, for my early weed life. So you met Sean. Yeah. And Sean, I know he was immediately like, oh, you smoke weed, man? Yeah, Because you're much. a writer, and I'm sure all writers smoke weed, right? Right, right, right on. <laughs> yeah, he said that. Well, and, you know, he was... The, the he was telling me about uh, I don't know that I should say this well there's just some other stuff and I was like um I don't know that's you that's me and and the more we work together and I I don't know I just got curious because I'm a curious guy too like you you introduce a new topic to me and my mind will start working on it and I just want to figure it out and eventually I was like you know I I should try it I should just try it I should just see what what all the fuss is and and totally dug it once I did which was awesome <laughs> I wish I could be smoking right now, Chip. I was just I did that for you. Yeah, really man. I, I didn't really do want it inside to. the I can't do it inside the house. I just I just can't because my wife doesn't smoke and my kids aren't into it. Or right. I, I well, aren't don't hey, know well, about you'd it. Just be glad your kids aren't into it, or else they'd be pinching out of your sack, right? <laughs> yeah, no shit. Keep so, that lock and key. So as you as you began to like use more cannabis so it it, it occurred the way that most people do it i'm sure is um you you people would pass it to you and you would occasionally hit it right um well no it was real dedicated the first time like the first time i wasn't around weed basically at all except in college there were some people i knew but then i just wasn't around anyone and and so when i decided i wanted to try it i like i was like hey sean smoke me out you know, and, and, and we tried, we just tried it then. And then, and then came baby bathwater and the passing the joints and the slow indoctrination, all that stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. So I was there in the early days. Yeah. Oh, real early. Oh, oh, real early. That was probably like the third or fourth time I'd smoked. Weed. I mean, this is only a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, I mean, right? I was yeah, 40. Yeah. I mean, Johnny I is Johnny is new to smoking weed. Hey, hey, Johnny, how old are you? What are you? Wait, 35 I'm, I just turned 44. Oh, thank okay. you. Yes, 35. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny just turned 44. Uh, and it was after, he, uh, I mean, you might have been 41 or two by this, when this happened, right? Yeah, it was definitely over 40. Over 40. Mm-hmm, over 40. For sure. Wow. Wow. One of the largest demographics people coming to cannabis for the first time are 55 and over. Uh, many of them mm-hmm. because they're, you know, used to taking pharmaceuticals and it's, it is causing them problems. There's causing them digestive problems. It's causing them sleep problems. And cannabis is a great way to reduce, um, you know, lots of medications that people take. Of course, you know, you have to consult your doctor. I'm no doctor. Don't take my word for it. But there's lots of uh, evidence out there of people reducing their intake of pharmaceutical drugs. Yep. um, And increasing completely harmless cannabis, i.e. ganja. I had two, I think I had two main things because I actually didn't even think about that medical, but, but one of my earliest things was I always slept like shit and it was Mm. like, what can I do to sleep better? Mm. And, you know, I tried melatonin and I tried all the sleep hygiene things. They say like no light in the bedroom, you know, no Mm. TV. I even got those blue light glasses or amber glasses, Mm. I guess. Mm. Have you seen those? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Nothing worked, but weed knocked me right out. And I think the other thing was curiosity. Like I already mentioned that, but, but when there's, so like I'm into wine a little bit because there's so much nuance to wine, right? Like, you know, the different, the different varietals and the, some of them are real tannic and some of them are real smooth and big fruit. And it has this depth to it, you know, like you can be a sommelier, which there's only a handful of the like top tier ones and weeds the same way, you know, like all these different cultivars that do different things and why, what, you know, what is the entourage on this one different from the, from on this one and um, just all the different ways it can be consumed. Like the idea of uh, like, cause I have a science background. So when I hear, Oh, you got to decarboxylate your weed before infusing it with an oil to consumption. Cause it's like, I, th- I speak that language and it's like getting to do some chemistry, you know? Right. Well, did you, I noticed you've been you've been making ganja food, right? I've made some ganja food for sure. Oh, all right, tell, tell me tell me about that. Well, I mean, I have a real. Once I discover that something's possible, I just want to try that if I'm interested in it, and then I just want to explore it as deep as I can. So, like, um, I made the first time I made butter. Like, I literally made butter, and you actually gave us a butter recipe, but I don't know if you remember, but. I think you were a little baked at the time and the recipe no, was like, it just seems unreal. My recipe, that's all. That's all. <laughs> Stick a half a pound of weed into a pound of butter, add some water. <laughs> well, but I think you also knew a lot of steps that Sean and I didn't. So you just wrote uh, the highlights yeah, and we were like, well, what do we do? Uh, yeah, so, okay. so, I mean, I don't know if this is like the, a thing for, for new people coming to weed, but it's not that there's not enough information out there in the world. There's too much. And I was like, well, so which butter recipe do I follow? Or for that matter, like what's my opinion on this growth style versus that growth style? And how's this weed making its way to me? And so I just kind of found a recipe and tried it and it was okay. It was all right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was all right. Well, it was, I think next time I'm just going to go, I'm going to go through like the, the Keith step, you know, and make it from, make it from Keith. Make from Keith. Okay, sure. 
Because you can dose, it feels like you could dose it better that way. It feels a little bit more like an easier infusion maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, that is an easier infusion. I, however, like ganja butter for the full body effect. When you put extract in it, it's way easier to make, it's way easier to dose. But if you take like a half a pound of good quality trim, Mm -hmm. Uh, mix it in with just a pound of melted or add enough water to float it and then uh, you know cook that at like 135 or on low on a crock pot for you know at least 30 minutes Uh, strain it squeeze all the butter out and then pop it in the fridge the water and the butter separate you end up with about you know a a, a half a pound of butter right and then yeah, yeah. And then you can take each sliver and start dosing it how strong you want it to be. Right. And technically, you know, a tablespoon or so should be like a dose for 10 people. But I mean, making ganja butter with leaf isn't isn't the, the math isn't quite quite there. You know, Did you, you said extracts. Do you you say making butter with with extracts? Yeah, totally. like, well, you know, like with 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 bubble hash or with, you know, keef or with hash or with, you know, any type of solvent or solventless extraction product. Right. OK. Right. So if you took a gram, say, of shatter. Right. And dissolve that into some, you know, uh, a, a fatty product. Um, you know, you, you would, you would have, you know, 25 to a hundred doses of, of product. Okay. Right? So Depending shatter, how strong you wanted to make it. Shatter is an extract, right? Like that Shatter's is a true, not just a, like a, a, a concentrate. So. It's all, it's all the same. It's, it's one of the same word concentrate extract. It's the same thing. See, I learned, I learned, I learned some different stuff as a chemist. I'm curious if it, if it translates you know, with weed. I've been it's, applying it's, them. It's, uh, it's cultural for sure, but yeah, um, maybe you can educate me on it. But generally, in the legal regulated market, the the governments just refer to it as concentrates. Gotcha. Right? So it's, it's almost a like a legal term. designation. It, it, it is. And so that's what, what people have, have used. But yeah, like an, an extract, you would think you were using a, a solvent or solventless process, you know, to uh, extract a really high qu- quality of, of THC, CBD, cannabinoids, you know, what have you. Yeah, and, that was the uh, understanding I was working on. Right, what you just right, said. right. And, and then, uh, and what would you consider a concentrate then? Well, I mean, I'm, again, I'm speaking out my ass as a cannabis guy, sure, but as a, as as a, a cannabis, chemist, right? But as a, so, from a chemist background. Right. Um, cause I actually have a degree in genetics. So, um, but yeah, so for me, it would be like concentrate. I was taking to mean anything that was surprise, surprise, concentrated, right? Like, oh, yeah. like kefir hash would be concentrated. But then I would have said extract is something where you were moving the molecule out of one medium and into another and also concentrating it. So like, you know, BHO or butane extraction or anything like that. Right. Um, Yeah. yeah. 
No, that's exactly the way it works. That's exactly the way it works. Just legal de definition of concentrate is broader, I think, and that's why they use it. I was fascinated yeah. when you had your lawyer on and he was talking about like, is a round gummy that's colored orange, is that an orange? Is that a fruit shape? Because you can't do fruit shapes. That sort of thing. Oh man, that was. Yeah, you know, there's so much, there's so, you know, people have the best intentions when they're making the regulated, the laws for regulated cannabis, but it's just, you know, it's so hard to anticipate the, the actuality or the reality of the laws when they get into place of commerce. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and yeah, hey, that law still exists throughout the country is you can't make edibles attractive to children. They can't be, you know, right. animals or humans or, you know, so, so now people use like stars or, you know, marijuana leaves, even, you know, squares. Mm -hmm. It's a, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it, it, it's, un, it, I shouldn't say it's unartistic. It actually means that people are going to have to break out of the traditional gummy molds and make your own gummy molds, bro. Have you ever made gummies? Um, cause I'm, sure. Oh I, yeah, I got, yeah, yeah, I totally. Make I, got, I make gummies. Yeah, totally. There's some great awesome. gummy recipes out there. We make vegan gummies. Uh, we just made some, um, and, uh, you know, we have, we have a processing license, so we made some like you know, a while back and mm -hmm. several, it took us a minute to get a good, a good uh, recipe going. We've got a pretty good recipe and um, we got a, a, a solid product, homes, um, a shop brand product. Do you start from tincture or do you start um, from? When our gummies, we put keef in it. Oh, right. wow. We, awesome. we kind of prefer the keef. Yeah. We, you know, you dissolve the keef in the uh, corn syrup as you're heating it up. And that's how you decarboxylate it. Oh wow! Right. Yeah, and then you, yeah, and then just follow your traditional gummy recipe. Right on. Pretty easy. Yeah, totally. Fruit leather, any of that stuff works with it too. Um, well, fascinating. It's so fascinating. But you know what? It's time to take a small break. So, uh, hey man, I'm gonna, I'm, uh, we've rolled up a portion of a joint. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what kind of weed I got here and, and maybe we'll get a little, uh, a can of Olympics going on during the break. So we'll be right back folks. Uh, Real Dirt with Chip Baker and Johnny B. Thanks for joining us today. You know, world's changing every day and sometimes uh, you can't quite go to your local store to pick up the products that you need to grow your fine cannabis. Well, look no further. Contact us at cultivatecolorado.com, cultivateokc.com. We are continuing to deliver. We have curbside, pro um, curbside procedures. Uh, and we ship all over the U.S. So it doesn't matter if you need a bag of soil or a truckload of soil. If you need a pint of nutrient or a 55-gallon, you know, uh, three-part of cutting edge, we can help you get that to your grow in these trying, trying times. 
and we're just gonna do the best we can to help you guys keep on growing. So absolutely check out cultivatecolorado.com, cultivateokc.com, and uh, yeah, man, keep your head up, keep on growing. Chip, you're in an, in an essential business, right? During the whole coronavirus stuff? Yeah, we have, uh, we've been deemed an essential business. I mean, we're an agricultural business. Uh, man, you know, medical cannabis has also been deemed as important as pharmaceuticals. It is considered a medicine. And yeah, we're, you know, uh, going through the motions, man. It, it's, we've shut the doors to the store. You have to call in all your orders. There's curbside service. We do delivery. We put stuff in the mail still. So we're really trying to work with everybody to get all their products out. But, you know, at the same time, we have a responsibility to our customers and to all the people we work for to be as safe as possible. So, you know, we're going through extreme measures, keep everything clean keep in our uh, social interaction appropriate uh, and, uh, you know, just kind of like eliminate any cross contaminations or, or chains of uh, a contamination. Um, but uh, yeah, man, people, people need medical cannabis in times like these uh, more than anything else. That's for sure. So I was, this is going to sound like a joke, but I feel like recreational cannabis should be an essential service. Like that's well, actually you know, not a joke. It, no, it's not a joke. And, and just yesterday in Denver, um, they passed a ruling that said that they were going to, you know, or, or said on air that they were going to shut down liquor stores and recreational dispensaries. And uh, immediately mm. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that changed. And they're like, no, 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 actually, we're going to let you still go to your recreational dispensaries and the liquor stores, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it's, and, and, and so, yeah, there was about two hours where people were like, what? Oh, you know. Um, yeah, I feel like there's two major dangers here, and only one is the actual contagion. You know, the other is panic. The way that panic. people are hoarding everything and freaking out and just general social unrest, you know, like weed helps you chill out. Weed helps you chill out. When you're freaking out, sit back and smoke some, just a little bit of sedating, relaxing weed. Just a little bit. Don't go overboard because you go overboard in times like these, anxiety might kick in. You know what I'm saying, Johnny? <laughs> you want to see how I'm relaxing over here? <clears throat> yeah, let's see it. So I, uh, you know, I, I can't, like I said, I can't smoke inside because even if I, because I do, I do have a sploof, right? But, um, you know, you get that side stream smoke. And so I was like, I don't want to go sit on the porch during the interview. So I feel like this might get me kicked off the real dirt, but I got my vaporizer here. <laughs> <laughs> no one's been kicked off the real dirt yet. Nobody? No, what no if it takes kicked off yet? You're supposed is the firefly too, and you're supposed to draw on it like for twenty seconds or something. Yeah, so well, it'd probably I mean, make for a really good interview. You look like a doucher doing this. <gasps> oh, totally. Like I totally agree. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I don't do it in public. Right, right. Well, here you can, you can go. 
Yeah, I so had Johnny's a joint, but uh. so Johnny, tell tell me about weed and writing. This is why I wanted to talk to you, is because I I wanted uh, I wanted to to hear about your perspective of if your writing has changed, your writing style has changed since you you you, you started using cannabis more frequently. I think I can brainstorm on it. So, so first of all, I have, there's a whole lot of stories here. So I think this is kind of fun. Um, I did, Sean was like, oh, writing on weed is really cool. I can't, I can't edit on weed, but I can write when I'm high. And so I was like, all right, I've never tried that. I'm going to give it a shot. And I'm a real analytical sort of writer, like not in a sterile way, but I do, I'm very precise. I'm very articulate. Like I want to make sure that every loose end is handled and stuff. And so when I tried writing, I just, I picked a project that was, if it got fucked up, that it was okay. It was just a little short story. It was totally isolated. And I, I got blitzed and I, and I um, wrote it and it was not, it was not the right experience for me. I am not somebody who should actually write on it, but as far as brainstorming and stuff, as far as coming up with ideas, um, and my, my dad said once, my dad's a big fan of um, my work, unsurprisingly, but he's also a fan of weed. And he said, uh, we have, Sean and I have a story called Unicorn Western. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Like not all of our work is that zany, but that is. And it's about a talking unicorn who's an asshole and his marshal who rides him, who's you know named Clint in a very Western fashion. And there's this whole scene where or sequence where they keep hearing about chili in a town that's coming up. Like, it's just all about chili. There's signs about like the chili. It's like chili is a huge part of this culture, this weird town. And we just did that because I don't know, it seemed amusing, but my dad's like, I need you to ask Sean if when he came up with that, he was smoking because what the fuck chili. <laughs> don't even remember the answer, but those ideas come up for sure, man. Right. The, the, the little points of the universe that get connected uh, is, is one of the major things I see with cannabis, that cannabis does, is it allows you to see this interconnectivity in the, just the, the smallest, smallest things. And, and actually, that is probably a way I think it, it has affected my writing mm -hmm. is because I, I have no evidence for this. I have no idea. But I feel like it's it's opened me up for want of a better term. I feel like I'm just a little bit more introspective and I notice things a little bit more since I've been smoking. I don't mean like, well, I'm actually smoking. I mean, just in life. And I think that my writing has, has deepened in that way. Like I'm not actually writing high, but it's getting a benefit from all the other times around it. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's cumulative effort. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily about writing while you're stoned. It's about the inspiration, the yeah. muses that come to you and the little funny things and the interconnectivity you see to the world. And cannabis is truly great, great plant with that. Hey, 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 Johnny, we're we're getting short on time. I feel like we could have had a, a you know talk two or three more hours here, but uh, but I but I gotta ask you, man, what if you've got some advice for people who are just getting into cannabis that are kind of in our middle age that don't necessarily know a lot about it because we're about the same age. Um, I've been involved with it all my life. You've just gotten involved. You got you've got some suggestions for people that are interested in smoking cannabis. Uh, and just are, and you haven't tried it or want to? I would just say that uh, 
I, I think that I was a little weirded out by what was going to happen. You know, like I'm a person who likes control. I think that as people get older, if they haven't smoked before or imbibed in any way, that that might be the intimidating thing. Like, you know, I'm used to control. And so now suddenly I'm going to relinquish it. And I think that understanding, getting past that and like, yeah, it's, you, you may be a little floaty, especially the first few times, but whatever, um, there's a lot of benefit to be had from that. Like the fact that I could sleep better. Floating's um, good. But yeah. I mean, now I'm like kind of trying to chase that. Like, where is that now? But, um, you know, it'll help get my mind off things. Like, that's what I keep trying to say. Like my wife isn't interested, but I keep trying to kind of nudge her because, you know, if I'm, if I'm writing, I need a clear head like to start uh -huh. writing. Right. Absolutely. Okay. And if my mind is cycling on something, like I had an argument with somebody and I can't let it go, but I need to stop and get to work. Then if I'll just take like, just like one hit from, you know, from a vaporizer or a joint or something, just one hit, it's enough to not make me like, so I can't write, but it'll take me out of that loop. And I think just understanding that it's a versatile tool that you can be consumed in many different ways and you can suit your style and your preferences to your consumption, you know, you can control it more than you think in that way. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, hey, Johnny, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate this uh, conversation. Uh, man, you know, I, I think we're going to have to have you back because I got several other questions uh, yeah. uh, specifically about, you know, uh, uh, you know, writing and, and, mm -hmm. uh, cannabis and, uh, your newfound great hobby. Love of the plant. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm a fan. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us. Hey, give us, give us your connections, man. You are Sterling and Stone. Where can we find you on Instagram or on the Facebook or how does it work? Um, well, I'm, I'm kind of a curmudgeon on the social medias thing. So sterlingandstone.net. Sterlingandstone.net. Yeah, I actually don't even know. We do have some social, but it's kind of just beginning. Right. Tell me, what's the name of the story, Time Travel with Ayahuasca? Time travel with ayahuasca, or maybe it maybe it was actually not time travel. It was uh, apocalyptic ayahuasca. Oh, that was invasion involved ayahuasca. He he saw the aliens yeah. coming through ayahuasca vision. Ayahuasca. Yeah. yeah. What was the name of that book again? Invasion. By invasion Sean, by me and Sean Platt, Johnny B. Trent and Sean Platt. Great book. Check it out. You guys are sitting back in such a. a you know, relaxed environment, this, but uh, an alien invasion science fiction book involving uh, ayahuasca and, and uh, travel throughout the U.S. is a perfect thing yeah. for you right now. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks again, Johnny. Thanks, Chip.